and welcome to All His Movies, the Shia LaBeouf podcast. This is episode 25, True Confessions, from 2002. This is the first movie we don't know what time it played, because the Twitter list we were going off of with the times didn't have this on it. But Vulture had a reaction of Shia watching this movie, so we know that he watched it. So, sometime on day three. I don't know. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And this movie, I actually remember, I think, watching when it was on TV, I guess, 14 years ago. But, oh my god, Mm. it's so painful to watch now. It's hashtag problematic. (laughs) It is... I mean, the the whole thing is that Shia plays a kid with autism. It's never said by name. No, I think they say brain damage at one point toward the end. And they say developmentally disabled, but when True, the main character, the titular True, is posting on her how to cope with people, like family members with mental disability, like whatever crazy message (laughs) board she's on, uh, she writes developmental disability, but she puts it in quotes, like Hmm. that's like what the doctor called it, Uh, and not what we're going to call it. Her dad the brain doctor? Like her dad's a brain surgeon. Her dad the brain surgeon. Super coincidence. This movie is, oh boy. It's one of the longest the shortest movies I've ever watched. Well, it's the shortest in Shia, and it felt... Oh God, it like, almost felt longer than Charlie's Angels. You know what I'm saying? Would you rather rewatch this or Transformers 3? Um, I'd rather watch Transformers 3 again just because the Shia's better. Okay. Like, here's the thing. Like, this is, like, a tough role. Like, he is playing an autistic kid, but I feel like, you know, it's not like he's going full Simple Jack or anything. I feel like he's being kind of subtle. It's not completely obvious right away, I felt. Like, he almost feels just like a like a hyperactive kid or something, but I was actually pretty impressed with how they handled all that, all things considered. I'm going to disagree with you wholeheartedly there. Yeah. If the movie kind of pulls a fake out, Shy is the first one build, I think, probably just because of his current status as an Even Stevens star at this time. So it's the mm-hmm. same chance. This is a Disney Channel original movie. It was one written for TV. It probably aired during the second season of Even Stevens. So, I mean, this is like right in the peak of that okay. craze. The, the movie sort of pulls a fake out. You know, True starts with a voiceover, and she's talking about how she's like filming her life and filming her friends and filming her brother. And we see Shia like running a race. And I was like, oh, is he an athlete? Shia's not in the first like four or five minutes. It's true with her friends who are so clearly done with her camera work. And she's making them recreate Titanic because that's still sort of a <laughs> topical reference, maybe, even though it was still five oh. years earlier or whatever. King of the world that will never go out of fashion. That's very true. But then we get to the house and Shia busts out of the front door shouting paparazzi, paparazzi with this bright flash. And as soon as he saw that, I was like, oh, I remember now. Like, I remembered the movie. I remembered that he was special needs. I remembered, I didn't remember, you know, if it was autism or not, because I think this was, I I definitely watched it at a point before I knew what that was. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it gets me, is that, you know, they never do say autism, they never specifically pinpoint what's up with him and stuff, and maybe that's a bit of a cheat, now that I think about it. I just wasn't put off, like, I don't know. The problem that I had with it is that everybody is reacting to Shia, like these are the first days after he's been diagnosed with a new disease. (laughs) Like, his dad is getting mad at everything. His mom is, like, Mm. overly humoring him. His sister is, like, running the entire gamut of emotions. 
everybody at school is picking on him like it's not a known fact that he's around. It's like the world didn't exist before the movie existed. Now Shia has autism and everybody else around him is just like, oh, we have to react accordingly. I have friends with autism. I've never, no, nobody in my family has it, so I don't know what it's like living with it on a day-to-day basis or living around it, but I feel like I have to assume, just like everything in life, you get used to it. Like, you you learn how to live with it, whether it's a a friend or a family, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. these people are acting like they've never dealt with Shia's antics before. And it doesn't seem like they're, like, what he's doing and the disruptions he's causing are more extravagant than they normally are. You know, it's not like he's doing things he's never done before. It Mm -hmm. seems like he's doing more of the same, and people just, like, cannot handle it. He drops a thing at dinner, and his dad freaks out. It's so heavy-handed in that way, I think. Yeah, I I think, yeah, it doesn't have the benefit of time, right? I mean, this is a very special sort of made-for-TV movie after-school special, I guess you could say, or something like that. So, I mean, they've really got to condense everything, but I hear what you're saying. It does kind of come off as a little over the top, right out of the gate. I think the movie is uneven like that. At times, they seem to be embracing him, and at times, they seem to be at odds with him, and I thought that was a little strange, but maybe that's just the progression of time. I have no idea, but I, I know what you mean. I thought it did a good job of just trying to portray as best it could like this situation that uh, the frustration of the twin sister Shia being her twin brother and like trouble that you know she's having problems with that and and her mother and father her dad is pretty much absent and yeah I felt like he was the worst portrayed he is definitely the most sort of like cartoonish uh, they kind of dwell on his overreacting a little too much I'm not saying it's good you know and I'm not necessarily saying I like it, but I felt like it could have been handled a lot worse. I'm not sure why I'm trying to defend this. I don't know why either. It's I think it's offensive. I mean, it, it doesn't offend me, but I and th- I don't want to have like that internet outrage where like I I'm taking the stand of you know what I mean. Like I don't want to yeah. like it doesn't offend me, so I can't really like bash it in that regard. I think that it could have been done a lot better. That his family at least should have been should have treated him more normally because they've lived with him all his life. And he's mm-hmm. at this point, you know, 13 or whatever he is. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think his sister tries to, right? Like, at, at first, uh, she doesn't even treat him sister, like okay, he... The l- sister, yeah. let me, let me, let me clarify. Like, the sister is fine. The sister's one thing, but the parents are acting like this is the new development. Yeah, the dad especially, I'd say, I agree entirely. The mom is just seems to be caught between losing one child and not being oh, able to God. care for the other one. This is another movie that... I've used this phrase before, and Tobin just messaged us in a private message on Twitter, you know, some behind-the-scenes Cage Club podcast network juicy gossip, juicy goose, that he about the movie The Accountant. It feels like whoever wrote this has never dealt with a person before. They only know movies. And so this dad is this character. When he comes home from work, you can't be loud. He has to have his quiet because he's a brain surgeon. <laughs> and the mom is, like, freak, having, like, a meltdown at work because she's losing her daughter. Here's the craziest part of this movie. Aside from the whole, like... Independent of Shia, there's the message boards that the sister and the mom are both using to cope with the fact that they're having difficulties living with someone with special needs. True posts as true. Her name on the message board is true. 
and the mom is posting, and it seems like, unless the mom's just hiding things, the mom doesn't immediately recognize, hey, this girl named True is talking about her brother with special <laughs> no. needs. It's revealed later the mom was cruising the message boards and saw that the her daughter posted and was like, why won't she talk to me? Why does she feel like okay. she has to go to the message boards? And then posed as um, a stranger, Dee Dee, to give advice. And then that all comes out later, and she feels all betrayed by her mom. You know that Dee Dee could just be a 500-pound man somewhere you know right <laughs> is that line in the movie i missed that but yeah line. it's they say that a couple times toward the end because the her friends say it to true something like that about how she's really connecting with this woman online and her friends are basically saying before the movie came out like hey you might be being catfished like let's let's tone <laughs> it back a little bit one or two scenes later the mom is saying like you know she's like what's wrong and True's like, I know, like, I know that Dee Dee might be some 500-pound man, like, she, whatever the exact quote is, like, she repeats it back to her mom, and that's like her mom gets hurt again there. I feel like this movie, for how much I hate it and how much I think it's poorly written and everything, it is really kind of prescient and future-looking in ways, like, they, they basically cover catfishing. Uh, she's basically a YouTube <laughs> vlogger before YouTube exists. Yeah, that was insane how online she was at this time. Like, she had command of the internet. I guess that's just, like, tech teen at the time or whatever, because she's got Maybe. her little camera with the screen that's plugging into a computer where we see her recording, and then we have her watching herself on TV next to it. Mm-hmm. Then she has three TVs in her wall turned sideways, stacked vertically. It just looks like a television studio in her bedroom. But, like, She's the why? AV girl. <laughs> she's, like, the AV girl. Like, that's her whole thing, right, is, like, she wants to be on TV, or she wants her own television show. She's all into recording every single thing. Reality TV influenced there a little bit. Like, she's... Everything's got a... Camera's always on. That also sort of ahead of its time, right? Like, it, <laughs> I think of, like, Chronicle and stuff like that, like, found footage films that we have now. Well, this, this must have been... I mean, Survivor, I think, started in 99, so we're firmly in the era of reality TV because this movie and then the Even Stevens movie both deal with that sort of reality yes. TV, cameras Survivor. always on. That's a well that's deep to mine right there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a well that's very, very deep to mine. The mom, you, you point out that she was in something you recognize. I, I, thought, I thought she was in, if I'm not mistaken, St. Elmo's Fire. Okay. And that's about the only thing I've ever seen her in because that's a big Brat Pack movie that's got a huge cast. Well, I was looking f- sort of for shy connections just to see like what else these people did because I think that the main girl, the girl who plays True, is watchable. Like She's got mm-hmm. like an energy about her, but just what she has to say is just... Ooh, it is awful. Like, the way that she has to be, like, so hyper and so all over the board with the emotions, like, really, truly in love with her brother, and then the next scene, she just, like, cannot stand him. And I get that that's sort of probably relatively, in some way, I mean, it's condensed, but reflective of real life, but just what we see in 80 minutes is crazy. Yeah, I think part of the issue is it's it's extremely melodramatic instead of just being dramatic, right? Like, everything Mm -hmm. is the end of the world, 24-7. 24-7. And that's the issue. There's just no time to relax here whatsoever. <laughs> Someone just... And at one time, the one kid's like, to the adult when they get lost in the library, is like, you just need to chill for a minute. That's yep. how I felt about this movie the whole time. Like, this movie just needed to kind of chill out for a minute and just relax. And what's weird is that like, she, she even freaks out about like things that don't bother her later in the movie. Like, early in the movie, she's like, she basically says, 
ew, can you believe that dad operates on brains? Like, gross. And then the rest of the movie, she's, like, totally cool with her dad being a brain surgeon. She's just, like, upset at the fact that he's, like, at work. Like, there's no consistency. Yeah, she produces a short film about brains and stuff and seems to totally get over that phobia. Oh, God. But anyway, so I was looking at who else is in this movie and, like, if they've been in other Shia things, and the dad basically stopped working a couple years later, which is good because he is bad in this movie. Yeah, he is. He's maybe the worst in Shia Club. The sister sort of did a few more things, something I really recognize, but the mom has gone on to have like a really successful TV career. And what's kind of interesting in like a sort of weird way is, this is like a real stretch, but when I noticed it, I was like, whoa. So she was in last season of American Horror Story in Mm. Horror Story Hotel, and she played a maid in the hotel that would just wash the blood out of the sheets all day. So she's not not like an important character. She's like in the background, but she's in a bunch of episodes. One of the main storylines in that season is a kid gets kidnapped while on a carousel. Like, he's on the carousel, the dad walks away, looks back, and the kid's gone. You know, that's the main characters. That is, I don't remember the guy's name, and that is Chloe Sevigny, and, like, it's their kid, and they're two of the main characters. And so in this movie, when they're at a carousel at the end and True can't find Shia, I was like, whoa, like, this mom (laughs) is in these two things where it's, I mean, that's a scene that's happened a lot of things, but, like, it's the only other thing I think I've ever seen the mom in, and just to have those two things be about, like, the same, like, basically the same scene, it's just weird. That scene goes on to be one of the craziest oh my scenes God. in a crazy movie. Like, she finds her brother, but it turns out some bullies, like, spit in a hat and gave it to him, so she confronts them and pushes one off of a bridge? Well, hold on. yeah, but we, we need to set that up better, because... The bully that spit in his hat has seemingly been nice all movie long. He's this cutest junior in the school. She's just a lowly freshman. I think that's the exact phrase she uses. <laughs> and she's got a crush on him. And the fact that he asked her one day, hey, kid, is there an assembly? Like, made her life. She's telling her friend, like, he knows that I exist. Like, he knows that I'm a thing. And so this whole movie, she keeps, like, running into him and, like, awkwardly just sort of, like, grinning at him. What's weird is that, like, that same thing happens sort of in the first, in the meet-cute in Hacksaw Ridge, the the new Mel Gibson <laughs> movie that I just saw last night, that, like, Andrew Garfield, when he sees the girl that he falls in love with, he's just staring at her and just, like, super creepy. And the same thing that she's doing, but because... Andrew Garfield looks like Andrew Garfield, you could have this, like, creepy guy looking at you and be like, oh, that's totally fine. But here, because, like, this dweeby little 14-year-old looking at this kid who's trying to impress his friends, later in the movie, he, like, confronts her. He's like, I, you th- I think you might have more brain damage than your brother. And between, like, that and him and his friends, like you said, spitting in this hat and giving it to Shia, she pushes him over the bridge and into the water. It's like, where did that come from? Yeah, that was ultra-aggressive. I mean, this is the thing. I think it's just too t- this whole movie just gets to be a little too tense at one point but that also just feels like too big of a statement just writing wise you know you shoot something like that and it, it almost seems like we should have shot something else because that's like a criminal offense like the kid could have broken a leg or an arm or landed on his head I really felt like she was just gonna slap him or push him or something but not something like that like <laughs> it's, it's crazy because like that bridge is not like it doesn't seem like that river is very deep like he splashes right. into it but like Wow. Yeah, no, that was way out of line. Oh, I had a question. Okay, yeah, so go this ahead. was really confusing to me, because like, I, I, I guess this took place somewhere in California, but it seems like they were on a ferry a lot. Like, they had to go to school, to, and they had to take a ferry, or they had to go you know, to the park, and they were on the ferry, or they just wanted to go bike riding, but then they were on the ferry. So that was very confusing. I didn't get a very good sense of the layout of the neighborhood or the town or anything like that, really. I um didn't notice that, I think probably because I was 
so angry at this movie that I was like not paying attention to where <laughs> things were happening. But that's, well, that's what, weird. Well, what about that insane library they're in? What was up with that? That thing was like... Inc- do you remember that? When he gets like yeah. trapped in the elevator and then he's down and they can't find him and, he, and the one guy comes up to him and he knocks over all the books and everything. But that building was enormous. It was like seven or eight floors of books. I was just... Where was that place? I uh, mean, and- I've had... My, my call at, at Ramapo... The Ramapo Library has an elevator and it has like four or five floors. You know, so there are, there are libraries with floors, but like what stands out to me, the craziest thing about that library is the librarian who clearly does not gauge the one you said earlier that like the kid says just chill clearly does not realize that shia has developmental disabilities and is just like you better get him out of here he is causing a panic everything about that is like the building itself and the characters within are crazy over the top <laughs> do not like it, nothing fits in this world I, I almost wondered and this is definitely giving the movie maybe a little too much credit here or any credit at all all. (laughs) but i need to get it out because the adults in this movie are so insane and intense that i wonder if it's just supposed to be from the perspective of a teenage girl dealing with a lot of stress so that adults even if they're trying to help are just really blown out of proportion when viewed through the mind of this girl or something yeah but there's better ways to do that oh there's much better there's intentional ways to do that right like it just feels like i needed to tell myself that to get through the lot of these scenes was this so this girl too i thought she was really good as well like yeah the script doesn't do her any favors with like what she has to say but she wasn't part of a a disney show or any other show let me look up what she was known for her name is clara bryant she does not have a picture on imdb she's known for this under wraps due east and the lost lover she was acting from 91 when she was 6 to 2007 she was in five episodes of buffy she was in 13 episodes of a tv show called billy 92 when she was like seven yeah nothing else most of tv movies tv series nothing i've seen because i was a little worried when i realized shia wasn't going to be on screen all i mean he is they sort of split the time pretty well but i I was a little concerned that whoever we were going to focus on was just going to be sort of intolerable thankfully no i mean shia does have a monologue at the end that if this movie was better written i would have been bawling through Mm -hmm. about like how i don't feel like your twin anymore we don't play together and like he does like a good job with that but it's just coming after what it came after i just i just can't you know i can't get behind it they should have tried to cast someone an actor maybe with autism you know i mean i know they're out there you know i've seen them in movies on tv shows and it's a little strange in this day and age no you know i don't really i don't blame shia or anything he was a kid at the time and you know this was over 10 years ago and everything but i just feel like nowadays you know you got to give those opportunities to the people that are going through that you know and actually let it be portrayed honest and truthfully through the prism of someone with that yeah but that is not that's not what's going on here no i feel like we could nitpick this movie for a while i don't want to turn this into an hour-long podcast about true confessions because i don't <laughs> think this movie deserves it i want to i do have stuff that i want to point out though uh, he's a twin in this movie just like he was an eagle eye yes and the girl in this movie's like i wish i had a twin sister because we could do all sorts of like fun stuff like parent trap that's another thing like i get i get that she's not making fun of shia for his disability but she's still she's just like yeah my brother sucks like he's just like a boy like it's just everything like, he can't do anything right you know it's funny i laughed at the twin remark because i have a niece and nephew that are twins so as a twin and they're boy girl twins and yeah they never got the chance to pull one over on their teachers or switch dates is that something she said i don't know yeah i just thought that was funny too because who thinks like that like oh i wish i had that my, 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 my you know twin you kid. know who thinks like that is people in movies 
movies. Like, that's who thinks Yeah. <laughs> Early on, the first, like, seven minutes of this movie, until Shia shows up, the girl, like, Trudy, does not take the camera out of her hand. Like, she's literally filming everything and talking about how she films everything. And in the opening voiceover, she laughs to herself, like, I guess you could say I'm obsessed with my camera. Like, yeah, we get it. What, what I thought was crazy is that she gets home and Shia bursts out with the paparazzi camera. She, like, freaks out. It's almost like, hey, cameras are my thing. Like, why are you using a camera? <laughs> but she's basically like, why are you taking pictures of us? I'm like, bitch, you were just taking video of your friends. Like, relax. Like, you, he's doing the exact same thing you're doing. How do you like it turned on you? That's so funny. I never even thought of that. But yeah, what a hypocrite. Can we talk about the uh, 50s sitcom flashbacks that she has? That she, like, thinks of her life as, like, her fantasy is to be, like, I guess in I Love Lucy? Well, what was that? Is that just how know. she imagines the lady giving her advice, right? That's just, like, her ideal mom. But, no, because later she has the cute junior boy come over and, like, basically play Ricky. And he's like, honey, I'm home. Like, oh, Lucy, I'm okay. home. Uh, yeah, I think I tuned that out. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. No, I mean, because, so what I thought was interesting about those you know she's reading comments on the message board which is as exciting as it sounds and <laughs> like you can't just have her do voiceover like that doesn't make sense so what they do which is actually kind of cool visually is that she imagines what those people look like yeah. and they're they're just delivering the lines like what they say and that's when she first envisions Dee Dee. it's crazy like no like i was thinking like visually that's awesome like, that's a great idea like, i really like that but if you're trying to like put that in the world like this is how she's reading the internet that's insane like, that is that's crazy <laughs> than anything else in this movie. Like, imagine every time you read something online, you, like, thought in your head what that person, like, looked like and sounded like and then didn't just read the words but, like, heard them saying the words to you. That is bananas. Well, I mean, maybe she does have a disease. I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe she hallucinates. You know what I'm saying? Like, she... Her dad should get her checked out. For a guy who's, like, in the brain surgery world, not very observant of your daughter's, like, weird deficiencies. Yeah, just, like, been... social, social cues and stuff. <laughs> yeah, she's been hallucinating. Oh, another way that this movie was forward-thinking is that the mom's at the grocery store, and she's like, are these vegetables organic? And I don't remember the organic oh, yeah. conversation going back to 2003. Like, that's, yeah. that's kind of impressive. Yeah, yeah, and I was just thinking getting their groceries delivered, and then I remember, no, like, they've been doing that since the 50s. <laughs> Step two, like that's not new at all. The new thing is just ordering it online. That was funny, and also how great, how great was it that the guy at the supermarket was completely ignoring her, and then her daughter was secretly taping it, watching her mom get embarrassed at the grocery market and not saying anything. Well, so she's just like this voyeur lifestyle, like she's a peeping mm -hmm. Tom. What's crazy is that at the end, when she has, which I want to talk to, we're going to get to her on-air, you know, debut of her, of her film or whatever, but there are shots at the end of like her and Shia like looking at the spider web, I'm like, who's filming that? Like, it's clearly just her <laughs> with the camera. It's just, it's like the one where, like, it's looking down, like it's a crane shot of him from above, and he's, like, jumping to try to hit a butterfly. Mm -hmm. I was like, she's not up in a tree filming him. Like, who's filming that? Like, there's things in her, like, her supposedly home video that are clearly, like, production shots, mm -hmm. and... You're not fooling me, true is true. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, the production value of this thing is zero dollars, basically. Like, yeah. it's, that's that's just too bad. But say nothing about, like, her final film. What about the instructional movie about brain surgery she puts together? And it's just, like, oh, entirely God. composed of clip art and charts and just, yep. like, intercut with Shia running over a field. And that's madness to me. That was, <laughs> that was just insane. 
I'm just going through my notes chronologically, so this is all over the place, but my favorite line in the movie is after Shia drops the bowl of broccoli and the glass shatters. Mm. His dad's like, it's not as if we can eat the broccoli now, it's covered in glass. All right, like, that's one way to say it, but like, (laughs) I know that you're mad, but just relax. Just chill, man. Here's a, here's a really important question for you. In one scene, she's looking out her window, and out her window is Shia looking out his window. Yeah. Like, how is their house set up? Like, is their house? It's a like you? a horseshoe. That's in, that's crazy. That's yeah. Well, that is more. I mean, it's all par for the course here, right? <laughs> it's just the logic has been thrown out the window. I mean, that's a little bit like Disturbia, but, like, that's a neighbor. Like, that's not the same house. No, no. It's like right. he lives in another house. Like, that's Shia's house over there. Yeah, I'd say the best thing about this movie is the acting, because the writing is pretty terrible, and <laughs> the directing is horrible. Man, I don't know what was going on at the Disney Channel. I mean, this feels like that early Keanu kind of stuff that we were suffering through a little bit, just that oh. after-school special territory, and I just wonder how hard Disney was churning this stuff out at the time, you know? Was it weekly. So the guy that wrote this movie wrote a lot of other Disney Channel original movies that I remember watching. Like he watched he mm. he wrote Xenon Girl of the 21st Century and like Xenon the Sequel and the third Xenon movie. I think he wrote Smart House. He wrote a bunch of movies that I remember watching. If I remember right, I want to say they were monthly. Okay. Which is still all right. Fast. But it also seems like genre-wise, they were all over the place. Maybe this dramatic stuff just isn't his strong suit. Maybe Smart House, which I imagine is some kind of smart house that does all your chores for you. Oh, Smart something. House is amazing, yeah. Yeah, it sounds pretty awesome. It sounds like it needs a <laughs> sci-fi channel adult version reboot or something like that. But I mean, Smart House is basically like real life like on HGTV now. Like It's basically <laughs> like Siri in the house, this woman named Pat, who would be able to like get you whatever you want and do whatever you want to do. And like she could like absorb garbage through the floor. She eventually, I think the mom gets jealous because the, the the mom basically has no purpose anymore, I think, mm-hmm. because it's a sexist movie, if I remember right. And, you know, Pat is able to do everything. They, they sort of, like, turn their backs on Pat and then she, like, rebels against them. Like, it's kind right. of, like, it's crazy like futuristic. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like it. Right. I think they even did that on the Simpsons Halloween special with like Pierce Brosnan as the voice of the house. Xenon Girl of the Twenty First Century was great. It's the girl living like in outer space, I think, with Raven Simone. That's cool. And that had two sequels. This movie's just trash. Yeah, it's too bad. They dropped the ball. I mean they're I just feel like they were going too hard now. Earlier in the beginning I was like, Yeah, it's kinda subtle and they're not really I meant that to relate mostly to just Shia and his performance and stuff. Like, I feel like he's doing the best he can with what he's being told to do here. I think it could be way more offensive, even though it is, you know, hashtag problematic. There's the scene where they're playing soccer that apparently Shia, even though he's autistic, is like a soccer superstar. Well, they have like a psychic bond when they're playing sports together. Remember? No, you have, they have, quote, that twin telepathy thing going on. Yeah, psychic bond. Which I wrote down because that's so stupid. <laughs> she's like, I can, I can just know where he is. But she's like, what? She's like a 14-year-old girl. She's like in the AV club. I, yeah. She's kind of dorky. I don't know. She takes herself too seriously. I don't know. Why am I trying to defend this? I just don't feel good making fun of it for some reason. I'm not making fun of like the thing of tackles. I'm making no, fun I of understand. terrible I writing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how can you not make fun of a movie where the quote is, and this is from the, the guy that she's in love with, isn't this be kind to retards week? Because why would we want it back, talking about the hat, why would we want it back after we all took turns spinning in it? That's a thing that a character in this movie says. That's just terrible writing. 
David, and what was up with the kite thing when Shia is talking to his kite and he calls it retarded also? That was baffling. I don't know. It, it got into all kinds of uncomfortable towards the end for me, but I was just, I don't know. I think I'm at the, I think I'm exhausted. <laughs> I think really, <laughs> I think that's what's happening with all of his movies. I'm at the point where I don't even know anymore. Like I was so blindsided by this one. We weren't even going to do it at first and then we're sort of right. squeezing it in here and come to find out what it's all about. I, I just can't handle it today. <laughs> <laughs> it broke me. I've been broken. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're doing these pretty fast, and, like, it just... I guess it's sort of like... No, it's not like Cage. Cage is sort of the same thing. Like, it started off great, and then it, it, it stayed great for a while, and then it just sort of got bad at the end. Like, this is basically Cage Club. Mm, it's... Good call. You know, these, are, these are his straight DVD movies. I didn't realize that happened that at the so early much, in the beginning yeah. of his career. The last thing I want to talk about is the contest that she wins, that her friend, a boy, his mom packs him a gross lunch. And he says, I'll trade you some information for a chicken wing or something like that. (laughs) She's like, what's your information? And then he says that there's a TV contest that he sees in the newspaper for a television show hosted by a kid. And you have to submit a tape, you have to submit an application. The winner, I guess their thing is shown on TV and then they have a show. I'm not exactly sure of the rules, but she comes up with, that's the first thing that she talked about. Like the first pass through is the brain tape and she screens that and everybody's falling asleep, even us. And it's terrible. And then the second one was basically about how like she loved, like living with her brother is difficult, but it's worth it because she loves him and because he's different, but he's special and he's great. And it's like, you know, the whole point of the movie, like, you know, he might be different, but he's still a person, still treat him with respect, you know, still love him, etc. Of course she wins because there's no other way that this movie ends. And it goes on TV. The morning that is going to air on TV, the principal over the morning announcements is like, and congratulations to Trudy, who, you know, has a movie on TV tonight and everybody should watch. And the class erupts in applause, which would never happen. And then they all <laughs> go home and they're watching it at home. And the dad calls in from work and he's like, hey, I got stuck at work. But then he watches it at work anyway. And the yeah. best reaction to this movie is the other doctor that says, pretty impressive like that's his whole <laughs> that's his whole comment and the dad's just like yeah the next morning at school like everybody in the class like she's worried that people are gonna like make fun of her more or whatever but everybody at school has seen it and everybody at school loves it and they're all like way to go trudy like we love you my mom cried the whole time and like they are the heroes and oh it's just everything about like this plot device and the way this movie resolves, it's just like, hey, everybody is happy now because everybody is accepting of Shia. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> I see, I see. Why, I mean, I can understand. It just is nuts. Like, it almost feels like no one else entered this contest. Like, everyone at school was paid off to say that they liked it <laughs> just so that this one girl could sort of get over her complex. <sighs> Yeah, it is the world revolves around her. I mean, that's what happens when your name's in the title. Yeah, that's that's true. I'm I'm sorry that like I just like took the entire plot summary, but I felt like we needed to get it out all in one because like when you think about what it actually is, it's insane. Like part by part, it's a little (laughs) bit crazy, but from start to finish, including the fact that she just sticks a VHS tape without a case in a manila envelope (laughs) and then just mails that, and on the outside of the envelope is just two stamps. Yeah, that'll cover it. There's ostensibly no note in there, and she keeps calling the TV station to be like, hey, did you pick a winner yet? Did you pick a winner yet? And, like, that alone should sort of disqualify her. (laughs) Everything about this journey of her creating this 
to it being aired and her becoming like this worldwide sensation or local sensation or whatever. It's crazy. Like, I did not expect you to, like, pay that close attention, like, and then be not, I mean, I hate this, this movie. Like, crazy I hate about this movie. You're, like, so upset about it. Like, to me, I just, it was kind of trying not to ignore the movie while I was watching it, straining to pay attention. I was just like, if something caught my eye that I thought was, like, out of place production-wise or, or anything like that, I just was just like, whatever. <laughs> like, whatever. I just let it I went from go. being disinterested in this to, to hate watching it by the end, because I just, oh, I hate this movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. We haven't heard anger like this since me on one of those Transformer <laughs> episodes. Yeah, no, I think this is even worse. I mean, I've listened to your Transformers 3 rant, and you're pretty level-headed. I just cannot get... Well, I can't imagine how this went over during the marathon. Like, can you believe, like, the rest of the crowd while this was playing? Uh, Just probably stunned silence. Well, the tweet that Vulture included in its wrap-up said there's no way you can't enjoy a Disney Channel original movie or something like that. But he, the, the picture of him is he has his hood up, like his hoodie hood up, and he's got like the drawstrings pulled so you like, can barely see his face. Like it's like he's trying to like turtle himself away from the world wow. because, whoo, this is hashtag problematic. We'll say it one more time in so many ways. Yeah, I think I think that's a good place to end. <laughs> Do you have any other notes or are we good? I, I'm good. I'm looking forward to the next one to get this out of my mind. The next one is Hounded, which is another movie that was not on the original marathon list we were working off of. I have no idea what this is about. I'm assuming it's about a dog uh, because it's another probably a play on words we'll see hounded coming up next so we don't know if this is a disney channel anything either or is this a disney is this i would look it up but like i don't want to like avoid them you know what i mean i don't want to learn about the movie and then like not want to watch it like i already sort of don't want to watch it the less i know about it the better okay that's fair fair enough For all things, all his movies, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub. You can hear all the episodes we've done already. You can hear the other shows on our network. You can find all sorts of fun, free listening entertainment at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time on All His Movies. I've got an ill-